Let's continue with our daily Bible reading now in Numbers chapter 8. And now we're getting into more of the details about the, the place where God's people worship Him and the details about that. I want you to notice as we're eight chapters into Numbers, God is definitely a God of order. Um, and that's a beautiful thing for us because we live in a world of unorder. We live in a world of chaos. Part of the, the effect of sin on our world is that chaos that comes. There's very little we can plan on. Um, you don't know when the weather is going to change. We live in Chicago. We live in the Midwest. Weather can change at any point at all. We don't know for sure when we're going to die. Uh, there can be accidents. There can be things that happen. There is much uncertainty when it comes to life. Um, I'll be doing my 11th or 12th funeral already for this year. And, and we don't know for sure when death is going to come either. Either. So thank God that we have a God of order. He works in orderly ways. Just as the orderly set up orderly set up creation in those six days of creation and rested on that seventh day so he he continues to bring order back into our life but that order is only redeemed as we follow him and we look at his way when we think, take things in our own hands we try to order things by ourselves well the best of what we can do still leaves us in an unorderly world Jesus said there would be wars and rumors of wars um, there would be chaos in the world there would be a uh, nature and uproar we see that every single day we are looking for a God of order because in a God of order when he makes a promise to us we know that nothing is going to take that out of order God makes his promises they are sure so tomorrow at Judy Montero's funeral I'm going to be able to say Jesus said I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the Father but by me and I'll be able to say that without saying well we hope that this is still true or maybe it's still true or a lot has changed since then no I can say Jesus said it it's happening it's good and Jesus said I go to prepare a place for you Judy's place is now filled uh, along with many other of our loved ones that we know that have already gone to heaven so we have that kind of order so let's get into what the tabernacle looks like so in chapter 8 we're told that there are to be seven lamps now seven's a number of completion you heard that today uh, in worship as Vicar Larry preached and talked about in Revelation that number seven being the days of creation an orderly uh, mount and notice that those lampstands are there to give light now here's the thing you need to know in the tabernacle there were no windows purposely to show the darkness of our world that unless God brings light into our world now in our church today um, there's plenty of windows on the outside so the candles don't really light the building but they remind us of Jesus who is the light of the world and notice they bring it to the altar verse 4 says and the altar is to be a hammered work in other words we are to take the hands that God has blessed us with the ability that God has given to us and we are to hammer out our altar as our gift to God for his many gifts that he gives to us this is to be something we use but we recognize that in all of what we have that of our time our talents and our treasures they all came from God in the first place so for us to think wow we've offered something great to God we really haven't we've only given God back what he has given to us but God calls us to do that when we learn to be good stewards when we we get away from saying hey it's my time it's my talents it's my gifts no they all came from God and we learn to be gracious for that we are greatly greatly blessed and then we're told about those who are to be uh, God's special ones that are set aside to serve the Lord. They're set aside as ones who replace us. They stand in our stead. They stood in the stead of the people, the children of Israel at this time. Um, God said, instead of taking the firstborn of all of yours, um, I'm going to take the Levites instead. And, and notice that firstborn thing because it's all pointing towards Christ. 
the Levites couldn't stand in the, in the place of the people. In fact, they had to bring their own sinner offering because they are sinners too. Only when God sends Christ into our world, who is the firstborn son of Mary and Joseph, don't miss that, who stands in our place, who goes into the temple on our behalf, who offers himself as a sacrifice for us now because sins have been paid for through Jesus by faith in him, you and I have eternal life. So notice that when they come in, when the priests come in, the Levites, verse 7 says they're to be sprinkled with the water of purification and you got to know that's prefiguring baptism you and i have been sprinkled with the purifying waters of baptism and in the water and the word sins have been forgiven we receive the holy spirit we become children of god then there's offerings also for those uh, levites verse 8 says the grain offering so an offer of thanksgiving recognize the grain came from god a sin offering because they're sinners too they are no different than us they're going to offer sacrifices but they're going to have to keep offering them again and again only Jesus who is that perfect sacrifice he is the sacrifice to end all sacrifices but what they're going to do in verse 10 is they're going to lay their hands on the Levites in other words they're going to put their blessing upon them they're going to give them that responsibility that's the that's the idea of the laying on of the hands and then verse 11 says and offer uh, offer the Levites before the Lord a wave offering. Now, here's what you need to know about wave offerings. Wave offerings are lifted up to God. In other words, we recognize that. When I take the offerings to the altar, uh, or what our acolyte does too, we lift them up to God to recognize they're going to Him. But notice what you're doing. The wave offering was also a symbol of, look at what I look like right now. Jesus was the perfect wave offering for us. Where was He offered? offered? Where was He sacrificed? On the cross. John says, or Jesus says in John chapter 3, as the Son of Man was lifted up um, at our be, on our behalf, or as the, uh, as the serpent was lifted up on our behalf, so Jesus will be lifted up. When you see the cross, you've got to look up to it. God draws our eyes up to see the sacrifice for our sin made there, and we're lifted up to him, and now we are made right, uh, made right with God. So we have this transfer in verse 12, where the Levites shall lay their hands on the bull as if to transfer their sins onto the bull. And you and I get to do that by faith as our sins are transferred from ourselves on to Jesus Christ, and he becomes a sacrifice on our behalf. Every sacrifice before Jesus was a reminder of the fact that God was going to allow a substitute. Someone could stand in our place. Our sins could be transferred on to someone else. God would not ignore sin. He would not say, well, I just won't look at it. No, we are forgiven because the price has already been paid by Jesus Christ. And what happens to them, verse 14? They're separated. Now that word separate is the word holy. Holy means to be separate, to be set aside, to be unique. We are God's holy people because we are unique. We put our faith in Jesus Christ, not in this world. We're unique in that we battle Satan every single day. We don't want sin. We want to follow the Lord. We want to let our light shine before others that they see what we do and they give glory to God. So see that in, in this setting aside of the, of the Levites too, as a prefiguring, a looking forward to what Jesus is going to do. And wonderful words there used like atonement in verse 12, and also again in, uh, in verse 19, is exactly what Jesus does for us. He makes us at one with God, atonement. He makes us one again with God. And then finally, in the last few verses, verses 23 to 26, God says, there's a limited time you're going to serve from 25 to 50. What does that tell us? 
God's going to continue to provide. They can afford to retire because God's going to keep bringing more. The same way we know about God, that he continues to provide. His mercies are new to us every single day. God bless you as you read Numbers chapter 8. Isn't it something how much we're seeing Jesus right here?